This week on the Recruitment Flex, I'm recording in Florida and Shelly is stuck in cold Calgary. We cover, hey, it looks like one of my 2023 predictions will come true as it's definitely trending that TikTok will be banned in the US. Leveraging AI to write job ads, LinkedIn becomes the first player to make it available to clients. And look at this, corporation actually living up to their DEI commitments, PepsiCo can say they have. The recruitment flex starts right after a message from our partner, Rectex. Shelly, let's face it, texting candidates is the easiest way to hire quicker today. But your cell phone doesn't connect to your ATS. You're sharing your personal number with strangers. That's pretty scary, right, Shelly? And mm. it's not even legally compliant. Mm, this is where our friends at Rectex come in. They've created simple yet powerful text recruiting software that works with your ATS. Plus, it's designed by recruiters for recruiters, so you know it works. To learn more and book a demo, visit www.rectxt.com, mention the Recruitment Flex, and get 10% off annual plans. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. I'm recording from beautiful Fort Myers, Florida. And Shelly is in cold Calgary, (laughs) Alberta. Shelly, how are you? Oh my goodness. Well, do you know... I can tell you have taken your relaxation down a few notches here. I can hear it in your voice even. Tell me, how hot is it? I just want to be jealous, just for a moment. Oh, gorgeous. It's 30 degrees this morning. Oh, Um, perfect. Just lovely weather. I am going to spring training baseball game in a couple of hours, so that should be fun. Then we're going to Legoland tomorrow, so the girls are pretty, pretty excited. That's awesome. What? Good dad. So who's going with you to the baseball game? Are you so taking my, the girls? No, it's my brother-in-law. Oh. They're going to the pool with mom and granddad. I've never been to a spring training game, obviously being in Florida, love mm-hmm. baseball. So I'm taking the opportunity to spend three hours drinking beer, eating hot dogs and watching baseball. It's like a perfect day <laughs> for me. Little piece of heaven. Just quickly, what is the recovery construction looking like down there? Well, I spent yesterday on Sanibel Island, and I'm telling you, it's still looking like an apocalypse. It's crazy because it's always very green, very lush, and everything is gray because basically everything got taken away. All the houses are being renovated right now. They're rebuilding, so it's a good sign. And I can tell you, Florida, it's definitely a special place to be. It's as oh. America as you can get it. Oh, yes. But, and then going to a baseball game. I think everyone should experience that at least once. A baseball game in America during the day. They've got 55,000 people in one place. Just <laughs> no, no. This was, it's spring training, so I think okay. it's going to be like 5,000 people. But oh, okay. It should be lots of fun. So what's going on in Calgary? Is the weather nice, actually? or is it? It's like going to be gorgeous. Three? Yes. Okay. I'm heading off to Vancouver tonight. And it's supposed to be plus 15 Celsius in Vancouver, nice and sunny for the next two days. So, so that's your uh, outfit yet. I'm just going to wear a t shirt. (laughs) I just want to make sure you're looking good for Anthony. I got to find you a husband. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. 
Shelly, we got a lot to cover this week. First of all, a couple of things I want to call out. So James Ellis, one of our favorites, his book, It's Employment Branding for Small Business, is coming out. I believe it's April 4th, but he's going to be on the show next week and you'll get all the insights. You and I have read the book and it is a fantastic book. Yes. I felt really honored that he let us have an early read. It was kind of cool. Again, super entertaining and some really good practical advice as well. His timing is brilliant too, to be releasing a book on employment branding. For small business, yes. For small business. Well, do you know, I think so much of it applies regardless. Like it's not just small business. I think small to mid, let's go with that. The other thing I wanted to announce to the audience, you may already have heard, the Canadian Recruiters Networking Group, we're going to have another get together. And we're looking at May 11th here in Calgary. I know the Vancouver date has also been chosen. Make sure you save the date. That's May 11th after work. Let's get together and we'll talk about recruiting. Sounds like lots of fun. Can't wait. Yes. So there's one other thing I wanted to talk about. You remember we had Lauren and Craig on the show. That's our doppelgangers from Down Under, Tapod. We were talking about immigration. And we look at other countries and say, who's doing it right? Who's doing it well? I know when we look at our American friends, it's a political hot potato. Something that Canada just released. And interestingly enough, I think it's such a step in the right direction. And that is Canada is going to provide extensions post-graduation. Okay. My number one complaint about Canadian immigration is we have Young, educated, non-Canadians coming to do their bachelor or master's degree here in Canada. And then we make it hard for them to get an open work permit. I've always said this is the solution. Because if you've come to Canada, obviously you speak well enough to complete a degree here. Don't go back. Stay here. Get a job. (laughs) But it was very difficult for new Canadians to get a work permit. So I really believe this is going to be one of those take a page out of our book for other countries. When they look at what is it that we're doing right, it's encouraging foreign students, but then making sure it's easy for them to stay and work in the country. I agree. I think that's really exciting. We do need more workers. We need more qualified people. They are here and they want to stay in Canada. So we got to make sure that we give them all the tools available for them to be able to be successful here. And we want to hire them. So great, great. Yes. So Shelly, it looks like one of my key predictions at the start of the year is going to come true. And just remind us, what was your prediction again? Yeah, TikTok is going to be banned in the U.S., and it looks like it's going to happen. I don't know if you've been following this at I haven't. All. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So fill me in. Fill me in. Okay. All I've been seeing is the CEOs in front of Congress. And I can tell you it's the most hilarious thing you'll ever see because the type of questions and their understanding of the internet, they come across as so dense, right? Oh, so. No disconnected from reality and how people use the internet. But I'll tell you, the CEO has come out looking like a pretty cool dude. They actually came up with a nickname. They call him the TikTok Zaddy. 
So the, <laughs> he is a good looking, very articulate. I think he's in his late 30s, early 40s. He's definitely grown quite a bit of an onion. So why does this matter? He appeared before Congress and I'll give you the highlights. Right now, there's been a backlash to lawmakers treatment of Chu and it could actually make this more politically toxic if they actually ban TikTok. TikTok reported that 150 million Americans use the app monthly. There's 330 million people in the U.S., so half of the population is using TikTok. In all fairness, what TikTok is trying to do is take the data that they have and kind of segregate it to the U.S. So they would create their own data centers. So none of the data would purposely leave the U.S. I think it's called Project Texas. But in reality, that's almost impossible. How can you audit to make sure that none of the data is being infiltrated by Chinese interests? I don't think you can. So I think we're really heading down that road that TikTok will be banned before the end of the year, which was my prediction. Okay. Wow. I will go take a look at it. I had no idea this was blowing up. I guess I, I was busy doing other things. <laughs> You're busy having a life and being normal. Yeah. Yes. I guess so. Shelly, so. tip of the week. A lot of people got laid off, right? Shelly, recruiters. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is they're starting their own recruitment practice. If yeah. you are going to do that, I definitely recommend that you look at Loxo. So Loxo has an ATS CRM combo which is now available for free. You can get tons of upgrade, but this is unlimited seats, unlimited jobs, basically everything you need to start your business and it's zero cost. And even for those practitioners that are listening right now that are using spreadsheets or anything else, even if you're internal recruitment, go get this. Definitely go get this because it's free mm -hmm. and it's a pretty cool ATS CRM combo in my opinion. Great. And that's L-O-X-O dot C-O. Yes, the dot yes, C-O right. really screwed me up because I went to Loxo.com yeah. and it's an oncology type of website. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into some recruiting insights of the week. And I was really interested to see this announcement from LinkedIn. Because as you know, LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft. Microsoft is a big investor in ChatGPT. So where is this all headed? Like, how can we use this for good and not evil? And the one thing we all agree on is job descriptions just suck. They're terrible. Job postings, I should say. LinkedIn is claiming that they will have the ability to take it a step further than just writing great job descriptions. What they have in mind is that recruiters would be able to put in basic information about the job, like the title, company name, and all that. And then AI would develop a recommended job description. There's also the ability to choose someone in your network that's got an ideal profile or similar skills for the position you're looking to fill. And the technology would then spawn a more accurate description I think this is so cool. So cool. The one other thing I just wanted to point out, and then I'm going to toss it over to you, Serge. And that is everyone struggles with writing their summary on their LinkedIn profile. And that's the other part of this is being able to have AI take a look at my profile and what are some of my greatest achievements and summarize it in under 50 words. It'll do it for you, which is a great use for good and not evil. 
<laughs> what are your thoughts, Serge? Well, I'm not surprised that LinkedIn is coming out with generated AI written job posts. I think it makes a lot of sense because yeah. there's, I've been fighting against this because in my mind, I'm like, it's just going to take crap and make it a little bit better. But then I realized that most of job ads out there are basically copy and paste from other job ads on the internet somewhere. Instead of doing that, I rather have LinkedIn write it for me. Still not ideal. I think we both agree that there's a certain artistry when it comes to writing really good job ads. But this is a start because 99% mm -hmm. of job ads out there are horrible anyways, and this will improve it. I'm all in for it. And I thought it was really interesting, and I really didn't catch that until you just said it. The ability to look at someone that's doing that job somewhere else, looking at their profile and helping to write the job ad, that's phenomenal. I think that's a brilliant mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. So I love that. The profiles, I don't know how I feel about that. Are we going to be in a world that everything is written by AI? I think it's going to be better because we know what we have now is crap. <laughs> yeah. And it's based on your profile, right? I know as a woman, we have a tendency to downplay the things we've done because we're always afraid of that. Oh, you bitch, you're bragging, right? Oh. So it's true, Serge, <laughs> seriously. Women do tend to downplay what they've done. It is what it is. So if AI can look at what you've accomplished and summarize it in a way that maybe you're not connecting the dots. To even something so simple as to say, in the last 11 years, you have progressively taken on greater responsibility in your roles. Somebody may look back and go, hey, well, you know what? I really have. But they wouldn't think to write that. I think it's just a tool. It's not the robots are coming for us. Yes, Shelly, I've never heard you downplay anything you've ever done. So I guess you're the exception to the rule here. <laughs> yep, it's true. It's true. I've been very curious of how many companies mm -hmm. are going to create AI-generated job description job ads. I just Googled it, like AI-generated job descriptions, because I figured that's what they would use. And let's just look, there's almost, I'm at page six of companies doing this. Everyone is doing this. It makes a lot of sense. Like how low hanging fruit. Yeah. Is, I think is, everyone saw it and saw the opportunity. Yeah. I'm yeah. surprised indeed doesn't have this already. I think they have some type of version that can help you. But for anyone that is running a job board, uh, you could help out your clients really quickly putting the plugin from Chat GPT or creating your own to be able to do this directly from your site would be a massive help. I am still not sold on it. A year from now, Shelly, we might be in a position that, oh my God, this has made it worse. I would not be shocked by that. But okay. the other side of it is, can it really be worse? I don't know. I don't think I so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, the only thing that would make it worse is what I've seen so far coming out of ChatGPT is so cliche, like it's cringy. And so if that's all you're going to do, if you're just defaulting to the laziest factor, then you get what you would deserve. Like it's really not that much of an improvement. All you've done is put in more cliche words that somehow you think that sounds better than the way it was written before. But I think those that use it as a tool to inspire some creativity. And I like what you said a moment ago, it is still a bit of an art. 
to be able to take a dry, boring list of tasks and duties and create something that actually somebody reading it would go, that's my dream job. Yeah. It is an art. art Copywriting is an art. Really to generate interest from people from words is something as artistic as you can come up with. I'm very interested to see where this is going to go. I think the opportunity is the creation of a framework to start with, and then you enhance it. Cool. I wanted to talk about something that I thought was a really interesting idea of taking a look at when you're hiring for a specific job. What about hiring for, and I know we talked about this last week, and I'm really careful about the words I'm going to use next, not necessarily culture ad, but skill ad. We know that if all recruiters are doing is somebody left and we've got another requisition and we're going to replace. So you've got 30, 45 days. Is it really going to deliver the best quality person for the role? Because what you're doing is depending on who's in the market, who's going to see your job ad or whoever you've got in your pipeline. Are they really ready to make a move in the next 30 to 45 days? I don't need to explain that to any recruiter. Most of us have lived it for most of our lives. But this article talked about the idea of having your list of skills and kind of an always on campaign rather than waiting for a job requisition that you are truly looking at hiring people who are ready. The organization needs to be in a place where you have the freedom and ability to hire people based on their potential. Little too pie in the sky, Serge. What do you think about this idea? Don't wait for the requisition. When you find a great person, hire them. They will naturally settle somewhere in the organization. Well, I think you have to have a very special organization to be able to execute on this. Again, this is a SHRM article. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is not actually based in reality or facts. What is SHRM? Like, I know what it is, but it's probably Uh the worst HR organization I've ever heard of overall. The type of shit they put out. Anyways, that's a different story. At least once or twice a month, we're like, what? I know even their own internal policy and what they come out in the U.S. It's just, it's crazy. But anyways, uh, I'm going to agree with you that it's very pie in the sky and you need a very special organization to be able to hire just people based on their initial skill set without an actual rec. The article does call out a couple of companies that have done it. And when I heard it, I'm like, yes, that actually makes sense. Deloitte? I can Mm -hmm. see Deloitte because, first of all, I think you need a very big organization that can potentially handle a lot of diversity. And what I mean by diversity, diversity of roles and actual things they can do within the company so they can really fit that niche. But Joe's machine shop that hires two machinists a year, this is never going to work. So yes, in theory, if you can find someone really good, and I've worked in those organizations that we interviewed someone for a different role and we're like, yeah, I don't know if he fits this role, but we got to hire that person. We're going to figure Mm -hmm. out a role for this particular person. In theory, it works, but only for certain organizations. And I think that is probably 0.002% of all organizations worldwide. Do you know what's interesting is the comment you just made that 
when you interviewed someone and you were like, oh my God, like we need to create a role for this person. I think among job seekers, that becomes urban legend. I do think that job seekers believe that once you interview me, whether I'm a fit for this job or not, you're going to create a role for me. Or they really believe that we didn't really mean it when we talked about the pay range. Because (laughs) now that I've met you, I am going to crawl across broken glass to get you that extra $100,000 that you asked for. (laughs) Like I've met so many job seekers who honestly believe that. Well, it's so funny you mentioned that because last week we talked about almost exactly that as far as fake job postings or job postings that are not real. And then job seekers are listening to that and thinking, well, that's why I didn't get hired. There's actually a bunch of news articles, and I was going to pick one or I'll pick one next week that we should talk about. It's these candidates are saying, I never heard back or I never got the job. It doesn't really exist because I am fully qualified and I didn't get the jobs. They don't realize that they're competing with hundreds of other qualified candidates. So if you don't get a call back from an employer or you don't get the job, it doesn't mean there's no job. It doesn't mean you're not good. It just means there's someone better than you. That's all it means. Have you seen that, Shelley? Oh, like there's I, been a lot of talk about that in the last couple career. of weeks. But that's been my entire career as a recruiter. Even when job seekers are applying to jobs, and it's absolutely amazing how many job seekers will send back a very sincere note to say, may I kindly ask, what was it about my profile that you saw was not a match? I believe I'm fully qualified. I recommend that they just simply cut and paste the list of qualifications and toss the ball back in their court. Explain your exact experience, because we didn't see it on your resume, but explain your exact experience on each of these points. Never hear back from them again. They didn't read it. They read the job title, and they were like, oh, I can do that job. How hard can that be? It is so true. I can tell you we're going to start hearing even more about this because news companies are going out to the recruitment sector and interviewing job seekers, and they're really playing on this that jobs don't exist and everyone should be getting a job based on the economy. Let's just keep an eye on that. Okay. I just want to cover my last recruiting insight here on a real positive note. I know there's a lot of talk about all the commitments made to diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's really easy to point out who's failed. I'd rather focus on who's doing this well and found an example of PepsiCo. What have they done as an organization? And it's really pretty incredible. They have mobile recruiting. They've taken their trucks, which deliver their product everywhere. And they have put these like moving billboards featuring female and people of diversity that work for Pepsi. First of all, they interviewed an employee who has been there for 33 years. And when she first started at the organization, there was maybe a few hundred women. And these are frontline position search. I'm not talking about executive suite. And I don't know if you've tried to lift a case of pop, (laughs) but (laughs) their product is really heavy. And they have gone from a few hundred to over 14,000 frontline female workers. 
that's something to celebrate. There's this misconception that women can't do the job. So PepsiCo has even gone on to say, hey, if you want to be a mechanic, we'll train you. Are you interested in being a driver, a delivery driver? We'll train you. (laughs) So there's how to live what you said you were going to do for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And this is not over a short period of time. This is a long-term commitment to being a diverse employer. So I just wanted to say big shout out to PepsiCo and let's celebrate people that are doing it right. Shelly, reading this, I was very impressed. If you look at it right now, so Ferreira, the lady that got interviewed, gave some really good insights because if you look at what are traditionally male-dominated roles, when those are warehouse workers, delivery drivers, merchandisers. And we had a discussion about this probably a couple of months ago. And we had a little bit of an argument on the type of roles that women want to do. And my argument was, well, maybe they want to do construction. Maybe they want to do brick laying roles. Maybe they want to do these types of roles, but we do not give them the option. So when we talk about two roles, yes, we need more women in executive suites. We need more women across the board in management roles. But what about these roles? These are roles that people have never thought they could do being a woman. I'm like, why are we not expanding this across all roles? Like from a CEO to the delivery driver, we need women. We need women in trades. Like Mm -hmm. we have way less men in these types of roles than we had in the past. So why not open it up? So kudos to PepsiCo. The name of the campaign is She Is PepsiCo. What do you think of that first? Do you like Uh, that, Branding? No, I think they they could have come up with something a little bit better. I like the fact that they're featuring actual employees. Much like trades, there is a perception of your ability to do that sort of work. And what they've been able to prove is we need to bust those myths. And to be mechanically inclined is not exclusive to men to wanting to be physically active all day long is not exclusive to men. It's really a preference. You know, the thought of being sat at a desk all day for a lot of people, regardless of gender, sounds like torture. There is something to be said for those that want to be always moving in their job. Whether it's a dental hygienist or even a hairstylist or somebody in a warehouse. Well, and I think like men and women want to stay in shape. If you could do a job all day that's going to maintain your fitness levels, why wouldn't you want to do that? Like, why are we? Sounds like torture to me. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Honestly. Well, I wouldn't. No, thanks. Well, okay. Fair (laughs) enough. But I think there's a lot of women and men that instead of sitting at a desk, I'd rather do more physical work. I'm just worried about my hair. Yeah. Well, Shelly, you're never going to be a warehouse worker. No, I, I don't I see you doing it. any manual labor. Yeah. But I want to tell you a quick story. Okay. So when I was in college, I applied for a job with Coca-Cola. It was a sales combination, like delivery driver, merchandiser role. We were 20 students in the class that could apply for the job, right? So I made it to the top two. 
And one of the things was you did half a day of actually doing the job. Well, to your point about how heavy these are, like literally I was 17. I think I weighed 110 pounds, 120 pounds then. And pure muscle, solid muscle, I'm sure. But after doing it for three hours, I was so physically exhausted that I'm like, I hope I don't get this job because if I get it, I can't say no. I'm like in college and this is a good mm -hmm. paying job. I was like $20 an hour. This is 20 years ago. So it was yeah. like a, a really big money, good, big yeah. money for that age. Yeah. I didn't get the job because I think the other guy was like six foot four, 220 pounds and he could do this all day. I think my body would have broken down after a week of doing this. And you know what? I am thinking about it now. None of the women in my class actually applied for this, like zero. It was only the men that applied for this. So I'm yeah. glad we're breaking those myths in this because absolutely women should be able to do this job. And just a couple of things that I noticed with PepsiCo and give you an idea of what companies should be doing. PepsiCo gave employees up to $100 a day a day to cover, yeah. to cover caregiving expenses. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. So that was the biggest barrier for women post-COVID coming back into the workforce. Childcare centers, because if you came back hybrid, or hybrid, sorry, you can't run a business where you've got kids coming in only three days a week when your your revenue model is based on having five days a week, right? If they were going to stay open, they had to double their prices or at least increase them by 20, 40%. So who could afford childcare? It was a double-edged sword. By PepsiCo doing this, tell me one reason why you wouldn't. $100 a day for childcare. Yes. Childcare overall is one of the things that we need to have a full episode on because it is the biggest barrier right now to women really driving their mm -hmm. careers in the workforce and men as well. We're seeing a lot more impacted women in the yeah. industry right now. Mm -hmm. So Shelly, anything yeah. else? So you're leaving tonight. Yep. I'm leaving tomorrow morning for Legoland. So a little bit different experiences <laughs> here. You're going to get drunk and partying all night. And I'm going to yeah. be like walking around with all my kids and doing splash parks and then going to Peppa Pig land. So a little <laughs> bit of a different experience. We're in different journeys right now. Yes. Yes. I've been there. I've never been to Peppa Pig land, but I know you're <laughs> going to have a great time. And, and please don't wear sunscreen, Serge. You're looking a little pasty there, bub. But you said that last week. Okay, Come on, can you put some like, color in you? I look darker than you, I think, if you take off your makeup. So <laughs> Shelly, have yeah. the greatest time you at too. Red Hot Chili Peppers. And oh, next week, blast. we will have an update if you are now Miss Kiedis or <laughs> you're still single. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? You're going to have to wait and see. Have okay. a fabulous time. Love to the girls. And we will talk soon. Shelly, you know how much I love programmatic advertising for recruitment. It saves so much time and effort in trying to figure out where I can get maximum exposure and value in advertising my jobs. Yeah, for sure. It is a game changer. And you know who I love too is AppCast. They are the leading programmatic job advertising platform that helps you reach the right candidates fast. 
Definitely. AppCast advanced targeting and real-time optimization technologies make sure that your job ads are seen by the most qualified candidate. Plus, they have a team of experts that's always there to support you and make sure you get the best results. It's so true, right? AppCast has just got the nicest people on staff. They're just a pleasure to work with. And tracking your job's performance in real time is the other big plus. Being able to see exactly what's happening, what's driving the applications, where they're coming for. And at the end of the day, it's about making hires. And where else can you expand your reach across 30,000 sites? Your candidates are everywhere online with AppCast. Your jobs will be too. So check them out at appcast.io. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.